Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. Is in this? I got a Christmas time for me. I got a Christmas time for a tree. Happy Christmas, Harry. Happy Christmas, Ron. It's a Christmas miracle, isn't it? Because it's August right now, and, and the joy of Christmas has been flung upon me by watching today's episode of Community, right? Whoa, it's Christmas Zach, outside. Zach, hold on a second. If okay. you listen closely, you can you can kind of hear the yeah? the ringing of, of acapella sleigh bells. Why, why acapella? Well, because real glee clubs don't use instruments, but, you know. <laughs> so you're saying it's people creating the sounds of sleigh bells. It's not an actual... Oh, my God. That's all you got? That's the best you got on that one? I don't know how to make a sleigh bell with my voice. I don't think ring, it's meant ring, to be ring. done. That's definitely not it either. Ring-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, everyone. A very merry episode of the podcast this week as we're talking about the last Dan Harmon-led Christmas episode of Community. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. My name's Zach, and I'm equal parts Hanson and Manson. Hi, I'm Steven, and shout out to Elton Lil John Lennon. Okay, tiny dancer. <laughs> okay. I want to give a shout out at the top of the show to our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, and Melissa LaPena. And a happy couple days after birthday still to Danny Lugo. Happy birthday. She's pretty cool. We're glad that, that she's a member of the team, as we are of all of our patrons. And if you want to get more of what we do here and help support the show, there's like 
over 23 hours of Patreon exclusive content and more coming every week over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. So come hang out with us. Well, and if they, they aren't patrons, Zach, then there's mm-hmm. no way they'd know about the story I told today about my brief love affair with uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. No, no, no. If, it's, it's a beautiful story. It's one of the greatest stories Steven's told in the history <laughs> of this podcast, and that was on today's episode of You Can't Disappear Show. So it's worth becoming a patron, starting at only $5 to hear that beautiful story. <laughs> the stuff that's too spicy for You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. <laughs> And also a shout out, of course, to our Papa at Communities on Twitter, who it's not when this episode comes out, but today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Dad. I can't wait to get down on my knees and present what I have prepared for my daddy. What's the line in Annie's Christmas sexy song about daddy? Um, you can be my yeah. You can daddy be my Christmas daddy, and I'll I'm your silly your Christmas baby, or something like go. that. Yeah, are you his so, silly birthday? Yeah, baby? today on Daddy's birthday, I hope he knows that we're more than willing to be his silly Christmas baby, or whatever it Boopy is. Doopy 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 doop sex. Anytime he needs happy birthday pops, and thanks for everything you do for us at communities on Twitter. If you're not following them, who the fuck are you? Yeah, get it together. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm I'm uh, you know, jazzed from a a rousing pre-show today. I uh, I'm excited. I'm full of glee, if you will. I don't get. I don't. I'm not. What's your reference? What are you? I'm really happy because the uh, episode this week has a lot of songs. I don't. I don't remember that. I don't. I think you might have interpreted it wrong. Wait, we're not doing uh, paintball this week? <laughs> no, we're not doing paintball this week. We're doing season three, episode 10 of Community. It's crazy to me how fast these seasons start and then we're almost halfway done with it. I think yeah. next week is the halfway point of season three already. That's wild. That is wild. And then after this, all the seasons are pretty short. This thing is just going to fly by and I'm I'm so unprepared for when we get to the end. You know, if, if my... Uh little piggies taught me anything it's that who are your uh, little piggies oh uh, these little pigs i play with sometimes man they're just around okay, what what did they uh, teach you that you know the climb up a hill takes a little longer than the than the muddy roll down <laughs> well said we're talking about regional holiday music it's season three episode 10 it was directed by the great tristram shapiro i think he has the most directing credits of anyone on community he directs a ton this season a ton in season four and he did also in in season two and he does in season five and he does 24 there's 24 credits over the entire series i think that's more than any russo and the episode was written by first timers steve bassalone and annie mebane mebane i don't know how to say these names that well but after this they write uh the season finale of season three introduction to finality they also write in season four cooperative escapism and familial relations and heroic Mm. origins and this episode originally aired on december 8th 2011 and it's noteworthy because after this episode uh nbc pulled community off of its schedule indefinitely which uh it brought on maybe the first major the fans of community doing something to try to keep the show going, to try to get it back. Now, Zach, I, at this point, was very much not 
into that side of community. I watched and it. And this was this is before even I was. I just uh, yeah. I, I I just know about it this time. So what you know, was it the ratings weren't good? Was there yeah. a new show that was supposed to really, like, save NBC? Well, I think often when a, sh- when a, when a network picks up shows for its year, mm-hmm. there will be ones that start at the beginning of the season, and then there will be ones that have shorter seasons that are for whatever gets canceled, whether it be mm-hmm. typically a show that's new that doesn't perform very well. And I yeah. think that's kind of, I imagine, what they were planning on doing with Community here. Uh, but the fans, this is the time that I think people gathered around 30 Rock and sang Oh Christmas Troy with Darkest Timeline uh, beards nice. on. So it's a noteworthy episode because this was, what did I say, December 8th of 2011. Mm-hmm. It was the last episode to air, and this is just before the halfway point of the season. So they got pulled from the schedule, and they had filmed a season, you know. They had yeah. done more episodes. Uh, it was pulled from the schedule, and it didn't come back until March fifteenth, two thousand and twelve. So wow. a good three, yeah, a good three months and some days with no new episodes of Community and people not knowing if they were going to get them, but because yeah. of demands of fans, they did get more. So uh, this is almost kind of a special episode, especially I think for people that were really following Community at that time, because for a while this was the last episode of their favorite show, and who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What do we do next? That was a that was a, a, a segue from what we normally do, and it was a good conversation. Do we do I some know. trivia? Trivia time. I've got quite a few questions. I've got six. I've got five, so hit me with okay. it. Okay. I'll give you two. How long is the Inspector Space Time Christmas special? Two and a half hours. Good job. How nice. is being in Glee like and unlike being on Ecstasy? Um, you have pointless conversations and dancing. Yes. Good job. Nice. Um, my first one for you is what year is the inspector space time holiday special? Oh, I don't know. I imagine seventies. Is it 78? No. What is it? 1981. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. I tried. That was a total um, guess. Do, um, I, no, no, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Daddy's talking now. <laughs> the next question that I have uh, to the best of your recollection, can you list all of the songs that were performed? And they can be the ones that were the more full out, like, musical production songs. Sure. You have the original, like, Fa La La. That was the first one that the, the Glee Club was performing. Okay. Then you have um, the song to get Abed to do it about mm-hmm. Glee yep. in general. Um, next you have the fantastic, uh, Jehovah's like secret undercover witness. Yeah. Song yeah. With I, I'm, I'm not going to be that rough on you with yeah. this, that one, but I believe it's um, Jehovah's most secret witness. Nice. <laughs> um, then Annie shows up, but they don't sing to her yet. Annie's not in it. Then they sing, um, <laughs> baby, boomer, baby, baby boomer Santa to Pierce. Say it three times fast. Baby Boomer Santa, Baby Boomer Santa, Baby Boomer Santa. Oh. <laughs> baby Boomer Santa. <laughs> um, next, you have the like ah song for Annie. To, well, well, that, well. Yeah. Okay. Then we have Annie's little baby song, Baby mm-hmm. Christmas Baby song to <laughs> Jeff. Uh, then we baby have Christmas Baby song. Happy Birthday Jesus. Yes. With Shirley. 
um, accompanied by a children's choir. Yes. Uh, then, let's see, everybody's in it now except for Britta, and you have Jeff's ah. And so to, to, to cap it all off, we've got one more number, and that's the, uh, the big finale number, the Christmas Planet song. I will say that you've ticked all the boxes, but there is one more thing. You've been doing really well in, in your order, so there is one more thing that <gasps> comes after that song. Oh, shit, I missed that one. There's one more thing that comes before that. But after the other one, Britta, is, are you kind of as a separate? No, thing? no. Huh. The very end of the actual episode, they all sing the first Noel together. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna say that you completely biffed that one. You didn't get a single one right. Zero <laughs> percent. Terrible job. Your turn. Okay. Oh, that was a good one. According to we don't even have to talk about the episode now. You just went through the entire episode. We I did. did. It. I did. Guys, now we'll watch be back next week. This has job. been a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, according to Jeff, Mr. Rad is equal parts blank and blank. I said it at the top of the episode, Hanson and Manson. I know. So let me give you one more. Okay. Uh, in Baby Boomer Santa, what year was he born? Santa Claus was born in 1945. Correct. Also, oh, wait, no, not in Baby Boomer Santa. That one's later. If years were seasons... What would this December be? December. This December would be this December. There's a little bit more to it than that. I couldn't give that to you. Okay. Uh, this December would be this December. No. In our what is it? <laughs> if years were seasons, this December would be the December of our December. Ah, damn. You got any Fair more? Enough. Uh, yeah. What's the highest level of competition that Mister Rad mentions? Oh. I know it ends in semis, mm-hmm. but I don't know the first part of it. Any guess? No, I don't think so. The national lower zone semis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Baby Boomer... Uh, it is harder than I thought. In Baby Boomer <laughs> Santa, what two places in the 60s did Santa fight in? Vietnam and Korea? In Woodstock. Woodstock, damn it. Do you have any more or are you done? I do have one more. Okay. Um, of what and where was Mr. Rad a captain? What? I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. What? <laughs> of what and where? I heard you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> um, he was a captain of a magic carpet in the dean's dream oh oh my god that was a vague ass question (laughs) of what you what's on the dean's christmas sweater do you remember that you piece of shit at the end of the episode what's on the dean's sweater bitch is it a reindeer you idiot you stupid (laughs) idiot what is it do you want to try again no is it (laughs) The Greendale anus? You wish. There's fuck. There's trees, there's snowmen, there's hearts, and there's dots. Snowmen. I don't know. You're getting me hot today. Yeah. You're getting me real hot. You're getting getting all worked up. Yeah. Hot damn. I'm schwitzing, and I don't want (laughs) to schwitz. 
that's that's what Bruno Mars was talking about. A good schwitz. Let's get into the next thing we do. Every, existence is so futile. <laughs> Who cares what we do, right? <laughs> we're all going to die anyway, but for the time being, we're not dead. So hey let's yo. fill the time oh, by reading some dead. emails we're from sure our loyal listeners. What do we got this, this week, buddy? Act trivia. Act trivia. Um, our first act trivia email is from the birthday boy himself, our daddy. Hi, guys. Since I have only seen two episodes of Glee, I don't know wow. how well they parodied the show, but they Very nailed well. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Sure they did, but they parodied Glee really well, and it's clear mm-hmm. that people who the people who are writing the jokes about Glee have watched a lot of Glee. Yeah. Um, my MVP of the episode is Abed. He makes it all work. For the fans mm-hmm. watching live, there was a break after this episode mm-hmm. that went from this airing on December 8th until March 22nd. It was the darkest of timelines, but it really gelled the fandom in a way only the fear of cancellation can do. Totally. Have a great one, communities. Matt. Thanks, Poppy. And we've got some questions. Um, what's the video Abed is looking forward to watching? That would be the 1981 Inspector Space, Inspector Space Time holiday special. Long it's two and a half hours. Yeah. Quality. Uh, what's the order of the singing competitions? Regionals. Oh, my God. No. I'm not a machine. Semi-regionals. Yeah. Regional semis. You got it. Uh, semi-final regional nationals. <laughs> and then the national lower zone semis. Yeah, sure. You did a great job, And buddy. then regionals again. Um, why is Shirley afraid to go into the study room? Too many top hats. Okay, and the long-lost 1981 Inspector Space Time Holiday Special. Regionals to sectionals to semis to semi-regionals to regional semis to national lower zone semis. Did you do it? Did you get it close? I was closer than I should have been, but I I was not right. (laughs) Um, And then so many top hats. Thanks, Dad. Happy birthday. Thanks, Poppy. Happy birthday. I'll I'll strap on my birthday suit for you a little later. All right, we've got an... We've got an email with the subject title Poo Poo Pee Pee, which means it can be from the one and only Peep Review. Uh, this episode is solid, and since yeah. Zach has made me watch some of Glee, it's even funnier. I don't like the tone that they took there. No, it's, it it's earned. Experience. <laughs> um, I don't really no, have no, trivia. No, Lily and I, for years in our relationship, saying that we're going to watch Glee has often been a threat that I have imposed. <laughs> so the tone was well earned. <laughs> I'll give them that one. That's great. What's your least favorite episode of Glee that's your favorite? Like, what's your, like, guilty pleasure? Like, this is awful, but I can't look away episode That's of so much of the show after a certain point. It's really, yeah. like, the first season and kind of the second season are sort of unironically good. Mm-hmm. And then it just is so campy and gonzo that yeah. I always was entertained by it, but I would end every episode with, like, what the f- was that (laughs) and it was almost especially when they were trying to do like an especially resonant emotional episode Mm -hmm. like the episode where there was a school shooting it was like them all thinking like it stuck in the glee room you know really tense and then the way they write it off in the end so they never have to talk about it ever again is just a beautiful shit post in so many (laughs) ways there's there's some truly bad episodes of glee the one where Blaine inhales a bunch of gas and sees everyone as puppets. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh. Mm. It's a wonderful program. The, okay, the most gonzo episode of all of them is the final season. There's an episode where Jane Lynch as Sue Sylvester, it's revealed that she's been a Curtin Blaine shipper for years, the entire time. And mm. she has this shrine in a storage unit that's pictures of them together and like items from their life and like locks of their hair and stuff. And she coerces things for them to get trapped in an elevator together after they had been broken up for a while to try to get them back together. And inside the elevator on a tricycle is a Sue Sylvester voiced jigsaw puppet that like keeps telling them to kiss and like what to do and stuff. And that's like a hour long subplot of an episode of Glee. Sorry, I got worked up there. <laughs> That's what? real and probably it's worse than the way I described it. Wow. Is that um, was that the question? <laughs> I, did did you ask that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um Lil has some good quotes. Uh how's your piano still playing this song? <laughs> Glee literally means Glee. Glee. <laughs> Jeff um is this a bit or is this a bit during Annie's song was funny? Uh, cut the cake, my lord. Cut the cake, my lord. Then national, lower regional semis. Mm-hmm. They're in your heart, Britta. Oh, right, a doy. The doy. I got Christmas time for a treat. <laughs> and to think I trusted him <laughs> to captain a magic carpet in my dream last night. Lil would have gotten that answer. Um, <laughs> in the beginning, when the dean's like, don't you hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, trivia. During Baby Boomer Santa, the uh-huh. ladies did. Steven, it's an audio-only podcast. <laughs> nope. Steven just did three silent gestures. <laughs> Nobody saw that. I was I, reading the I, email. I, I don't think you knew. <laughs> um, the Inspector Space Time making a Star Wars Christmas special reference. Nice. TBH picking an MVP is hard for this one. I'll pick my fave part, though, and that's Jehovah's Witness Christmas Spy. Dean Dong <laughs> sent from Mr. Rad's jail cell. Thanks, Lil. <laughs> thanks, Lil. And thanks for writing in. And Steven, we can't waste any more time because you've got a challenge at foot. How do oh, you boy. feel about uh, being able to convey everything about this week's kind of stuffed episode? I'm not sure how it'll go. Okay. I expect at least one musical number within this 20 seconds. You got it. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Okay, so it's Christmas time, and Abbott wants to watch the Christmas special for Christmas time, but everyone's busy. And then the Glee Club's there, but Jeff calls the cops, and they get taken care of. So no more Glee, but now they've got to join the Glee Club. So the Glee director asks Abbott to join. Then he, their crew, one by one, the whole study group joins, and they get obsessed, but then they realize he's evil. And so then they have Britta sing it, and she ruins it all, and it's bad. And then Pierce goes, You're welcome! <laughs> um. I, I'll be honest, I didn't think you were going to fit a song in, and you kind of did. <laughs> so I, I guess a B minus? Thank you. At some point, I'm going to have to go through these somehow and average your grade. <laughs> Ooh. I don't remember Pierce singing the song from Moana. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest part. Uh, well, speaking of funniest part, what a segue that is into our next segment today. What do you think the funniest moment of today's episode was? Okay, so I have like 
a few okay. that fall into the favorite slash funniest moment category. Okay. Obviously, Troy's rap is top tier. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have um, an interesting thing to bring up about that that I'll wait till we get to the ooh, scene, but I'm excited, excited to talk about it. Um, and then Pierce's like terrible lip syncing at the end of Baby Booper <laughs> Santa makes me laugh so much. It's pretty bad. Um, of course, I remember from when we did our Christmas special way back when, Zach, I loved Shirley's they're not going to tell you, lying when they're singing about That's Jesus a good in one. public schools. Um, and then the entire just Britta sequence when she comes on the stage is so great, and she sells it and commits so hard. I just chose one moment, and that's what mine was too. It's so funny, and they said it in the commentary, and I'm glad I wasn't the only person thinking it because somehow Gillian Jacobs makes a full-body brown mm-hmm. uh, bodysuit really attractive. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know, because that's just, like, the most off-putting outfit, and it's just <laughs> that Britta is a goddess. It's true. And that she can be that beautiful while going, I got a Christmas time for me, is super <laughs> funny. The Britta moment was mine, too. I do think this episode delves into the type of Britta bashing that I don't like that much. Yeah. But I do really like this episode, so I laugh at the moments. But I do think I'm getting closer and closer every time to being a little frustrated with it i know it's it's coming yeah it sure is what did you think of the episode this week i really enjoy it i like this episode more every time i watch it um i know that this is normally your your number one christmas episode is that what i said i think this one or season one well i remember us when we've talked about these episodes before that we've kind of disagreed on this one and yeah. I do really, really like this episode. It's super out there, and it's pretty cheesy, but they committed really hard to what they were trying to do, and the fact that it's both a really spot-on parody of Glee and also like a horror movie at the same time is really effective, and there's a lot of really funny, memorable moments. I do really like this episode. The first season one is also very funny, and the issues in it are a little more grounded. I remember that mm-hmm. one deals a lot with, like, all these people care about each other. It's the holidays, and they all have different religions, and that's a heavy yeah. topic. And they made a really funny episode of television about it. And this one's so silly in comparison. I don't know if it's number one, but I do love this episode, and it's one that I've seen a lot of times now. I usually yeah. watch it every year around Christmas, and I like it a lot. I definitely like it more than season four's Christmas episode, mm-hmm. and I think I like it. I think I like it more than Ovid's Uncontrollable Christmas. I think this is at least an easy second place for me. I know Abed's Uncontrollable is your favorite, though, isn't it? It is my favorite. It's still my number one. I think this episode's funnier, but I still like the Abed's Uncontrollable. I get it. It's a it's a huge step for the show, and they do really nail it. So Mm -hmm. if 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 it calls out to you, it really calls out to you. I think you could almost relate it to like the G.I. Joe episode that they sure. did. I think if that's if that really calls out to you, it really calls out to you. And if it doesn't, it's almost an episode worth skipping. Well, and I really liked G.I. Jeff when it aired. I'm excited to get to it because I remember mm-hmm. it having quite a bit of subtext to it. Yeah. But that's not what we're here for. So where did you say you would put this if you were still ranking them? If you were ranking number them two. today based on number two behind season two. Yes. And then season one would be number three. Yes, and then season four. I'm excited to dive into season four. I am too. I think both season four and season six are the seasons that have episodes that I've only seen a couple times. And Mm -hmm. I I know we'll get to at least one episode that you've never seen. It might just be. Is it only one episode that you've never seen? It's probably two or three. 
But think of the so you haven't seen the last episode. Mm-hmm. The one before it is when Garrett gets married. And I don't think I saw the wedding. The one before that was the last paintball episode, which was like kind of more espionage and there were like silver paintballs and they were trying to find like the silver gunman. That one I do think I've seen. So that's two. Unless yeah. you kind of fell in and out of like seasons four or five. I, I saw all of four and five. So then there you go. I think yeah. you only didn't see two, but that'll be fun. And a couple of those episodes I've only seen a couple of times. Anyway. Nice. Anyway, I, I'm starting to forward think about how we're getting towards a really interesting chapter in community's history that kind of begins with this episode because it was taken off the schedule for a while after it. Uh, I think we said what we need to say. Let's dive into it. A blue do We can too. Community does it again in the beginning of this episode. They always find a way to have a scene that feels pretty grounded in the the canon of the show before they do the really silly crazy thing i like this little opening scene there's some good jokes the the human being we see for the yeah. first time in a while i think i don't remember the last time we saw him it's or been a little bit them or yeah and the that that they adorn him with icicles for christmas time and there's a <laughs> hellraiser joke at his expense i thought was pretty funny yeah and there's a okay so abed brings up the inspector space time special and he wants everyone to watch it with them but everyone's kind of busy it kind of rings along what the problem was last year's christmas episode where abed was kind of alone for the first time at Mm -hmm. the holidays and everyone had other things and he wanted everyone to stick together uh it kind of rings of that a little bit he wants to watch the special and everyone's busy but one of the bits in this that's really always been memorable to me is Troy and Annie when well first when Shirley's talking about uh convincing Jewish friends with Christmas presents yeah and Annie says I don't think Christmas present is quite a visit from your pastor also I'll be busy I'll be with my booby and and what does how does Troy react <laughs> he's like only one of them yeah well the other one's dead what just all <laughs> of the the little shifts that that joke takes I think work really well I like that bit a lot yeah, that's really funny. And it's a very, like, Troy harmless joke that I I, I enjoy. That's Abed really has funny. his little speech about, because we're at the end of the semester, and Abed brings out that it's been, like, a pretty dark uh, uh, semester. I don't think we've quite gotten, I mean, there's been some stuff, like, they make a reference here to how Pierce's dad died, and it was mm-hmm. kind of Jeff's fault. Uh, but I don't feel like the first half of season three is dark the way that I kind of remember season three getting, I think that's yet to come. Yeah, I think that it's been darker than anything that's happened, like, than any chunk of time so far. The first couple episodes are both sure. kind of down. I guess that's fair. Well, I I also noticed, like, saying darker, the show literally in this episode looks like it has the most brightest a sitcom sheen oh, to it that yeah. it normally does. I don't know if that's just the style that they're doing. Maybe it is. Maybe they lit everything a little brighter to look like Lee. Probably. But it, it stood out in this episode a little bit, and it didn't feel like a stylistic choice. It just was really noticeable. Mm-hmm. It made it look like they've really kind of sh- well, shined up Well, especially because this season has kind of strayed from that, and it's, it has been a little bit darker set a lot of the time. But look how bright the background is there. Right. And all their colors that they're wearing, I think they yeah. all have colors that shine a little bit i like one of the themes of this episode this episode's so silly that there's not a lot to dive into but with what what jeff says about i think trying to trying to make the holidays special can like bring out what makes them dark and lonely 
Uh, and I think there's some truth to that. That was a line that kind of rang true to me in this, even though they don't spend a lot of time on it. It's all about the jokes. I, I actually kind of like my ears perked up when they said that, and I thought it was a little insightful. Yeah, it, I, I am especially not a huge Christmas fan. Uh, personally, it's not my favorite holiday, but I definitely think the holidays are a time that we want to be very happy, I think, but there's also a lot of sadness attached to a lot of holidays for a lot of people. Yeah. I imagine that there is a good chance for you that it's going to change a little bit uh, holiday times with a, with a significant other. Mm-hmm. It does change it a little bit because I was kind of in a point where I didn't really feel holidays anymore. And as a yeah. kid, I loved it. And I, uh, uh, Lily and I have built our own traditions already. We've had like two or three, we've had, I think nice. three Christmases together. We like, we do our stockings together in the morning. We, uh, we like make hot chocolate. We watch the SpongeBob Christmas special. I don't know. Just Aww. like stuff that you'll, you'll start to set up new traditions and they're the ones that like you want to do, not the ones that you're kind of like sure. guilty into doing. And it's really fun. That's cute. I like it. But I hope that for you, because I, I think I think having someone close to you like that can can change how you see it. Want to spend your Christmas with me? Hit that new top tier on Patreon, and you get to be my Christmas morning date. I think Stephen is trying to say that he's willing to be paid for companionship. Yes. So it's not even that you're like trying to whore someone out. You want. You want someone to pay you so mm-hmm. you don't have to be alone at the holidays. <laughs> yeah, from the goodness of your heart. I really, really liked what little we got of the OG Glee Club in this episode. Yeah, is that Derek I Comedy? Think, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's Derek Comedy, but Dan Harmon... Someone said that they were somebody's friend. Mm. But I just... I, I, I kept paying a little bit closer attention to them every time I watched it. I feel like... They must be some type of comedy troupe because they're really honed in on each other. Um, I like how they have such extreme emotions all the time. I think yeah. both of the girls are really funny. And this also, they're the first people to mention regionals. And one of the <laughs> funniest bits in this is that it totally takes down Glee because they're always preparing for these competitions. That yeah. It's never properly explained what the stakes are no. or what they lead to or like when winning is like they've won the whole thing. And they really, I don't know, they make the right, they make the joke about it just the right amount of times. They don't the do it guy, too many times. It's in green, looks familiar. Like I've seen him in something. The guy before. farthest to like the my right. right. Yeah. He does look familiar. I'm not sure who he is though. I loved all of this with the original Glee Club. The girl who's like really trying to sing and her not <laughs> being that good, like really rings true to being in yeah, this kind of thing and everyone taking it so seriously. The uh, little Elton John Lennon, hey, mm. tiny dancer, is beautiful. And then I, in his, I think, only appearance in the entire episode, Chang shows up uh, on Jeff's call with a cease and desist <laughs> order to keep them from singing copyrighted material because they were about to. And it's uh, before this episode goes full glee, there's already a couple of pretty funny glee jokes. Yeah. Glee, I don't think ever did this kind of thing, but I do think there were artists that they asked if they could do their songs and they didn't. That's funny. Or they said no. Yeah. My favorite part of this OG Glee Club is then when, now that they're canceled, they're all freaking out and just watching all of their reactions, the way that they move their bodies, the way that they're... (laughs) 
the one girl with the green leggings who's like stomping Marching around, around. A bunch of ways. <laughs> and then the guy who stabs himself in the hand with a fork. I love Chang just like screaming in their faces, pointing and laughing the whole time that they're having this breakdown is also fantastic because everyone hates the Glee Club. It's a pretty good start off to the episode. Yeah. If it, is the reason why this one has ranked a little bit lower for you before because of how like silly and out there it is? No, I I like this one. I it's think just that you like others a little more. Well, I had it in second place. Did you always have it in second? Yeah. I thought maybe it was like your third. I think it was close to being my third, but it was my it was in second place. I actually went and checked um before we recorded my notes from the holiday special. So I wanted to see if I had any like really good trivia, but the trivia question I had for this one was not great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't get a lot of the Dean in this episode, but the little bits with him are pretty good. He's just overdramatic, and as always, he delivers every line that he gets perfectly, especially throughout this episode, the way that he has an affection for Mr. Rad and the way that yeah. Mr. Rad kind of plays into it. And the Dean gets maybe the best regional bit when he's like, they were this close to regionals, and Pierce again calls it. I was like, they were this close, Pierce. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'll say that I think this episode, more than some of the last couple we've covered, has used the whole cast a little bit better. Yeah. We've been seeing a lot of minimal Pierce usage, and the Pierce here isn't perfect, but he's present for a lot of it, even like when they're sitting around. Yeah. And he has lines in I, this one. Even though I know Chevy is an asshole, I like Pierce, kind of, mm-hmm. and when they use him more, I'm happy, especially when I know... He's in this season, and he's in most of season four, but it's really, really minimal. Yeah. So we're, we're getting to the end of them, and Pierce has had some really high moments. Uh, some of the Pierce stuff is, are, are the funniest moments of seasons one and two, and even in three. So it was nice to at least see him, I don't know, have a little bit more material this week. Yeah. I do want to say, since we've been kind of doing like a Chevy watch thing, so Chevy is the type of person that would always be like, I can sing, I can dance, you can use me for whatever. And then lately on the show, it's clear that his interest is waning. And whenever they have to do something like dancing, there's always a way to keep Pierce out of it. (laughs) Do you think Pierce's involvement in this musical episode was a dream for Chevy or was a nightmare for Chevy? I think that he probably was really excited and then wasn't very good at any of it. I feel like he was excited, like, doing the recording and stuff. Yeah. And then he wasn't very excited when they did the filming of it. Exactly, yeah. You're welcome! We'll get to it. <laughs> We're introduced to Corey Radisson, who literally grapevines into the room and <laughs> himself. Taron Killam has always been a person that... My enjoyment of him wanes from appearance to appearance. He was never one of my favorites on SNL. SNL. Now, I was pretty young at the time. Uh, He was on a show recently called Single Parents that I checked out that was pretty bad, honestly, and his character was annoying. I don't know, but I think he seems like a really nice guy, Mm -hmm. and I I always want to like him when I see him, and in this episode, I love him. Yeah, I think he plays every aspect of Mr. Rad tremendously uh, he's not quite a Mr. Schuster facsimile, but there is some of that there, and he pulls that off very well. Uh, he, uh, The sinister side of him plays off very well. The passion, the cultiness of it. I think this episode could have fallen a little flatter if it wasn't someone who worked so perfectly as this character. Oh, totally, because it had to be believable that he would like be able to... He has to be adorable and yeah. sinister. 
Exactly. Like a cult leader. He's totally a cult leader. I love the dean's love for him. Uh, the He tickles the dean about Brussels sprouts, and the dean's like, oh, my God, no one's touched me like that in a long time. <laughs> and and don't you guys hurt him. I just love it. What do you think, Mr. Rad? I enjoy him. I think he's really funny. And like you said, I think he plays this character really well. It's not Will Schuster, but it's a Will Schuster type it in terms of like, yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's like the same kind of energy and excitement towards this activity that he really shouldn't have that much as a grown man invested in this, but he sure does, and it's great. I think he's sure. Maybe he's human fro-yo, but I think he's human fro-yo with like at least a couple toppings. Yeah, but not it the ones you'd worse. expect. There's like gummy bears. and Like, like... boba pearls. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed the... The two years, and here's a real local cup for Anderson, Indiana, The and maybe other places. There were like two years, ten years ago, where all of a sudden there were like three frozen yeah, what the hell? places. And I always kind of liked it, but then they all closed because yeah. Cause there were three frozen really yogurt. It's and snowy here. <laughs> yeah. But I really liked it. I liked picking out my toppings. I liked how they had the little separator that I could put different flavors in and try mm. all the flavors. I, really I didn't go a lot, but I place. knew that we had friends that worked there. I didn't go a ton. There were three. There was Chill Cherry that mm. was run by like a family that I think used to run like a Chinese restaurant. Mm. And, and Chill was Cherry really, was the one that was on it was really Scatterfield, local. It was right? in the old Taco Bell. Yeah. And it was really local, so it wasn't as nice as the other two, but I really liked it. I liked Chill Cherry. And I liked their flavors. And then there was Diggity's which mm-hmm. was also local, but someone threw a lot of money into that place. Yeah. And they had like a wall of toppings and like 50 toppings. <clears throat> and I always thought that like Chill Cherry was better. I just liked that Diggity's had so many toppings. Yeah, Diggity's was nicer. And then in their death rattle, they tried to sell food for a couple of weeks. I remember getting like a sandwich there mm. and then they died. And then the other one was Orange Leaf, which I think is a brand, is a chain. Yeah. And I had a friend that worked there until they closed, and he said the way he found out he had lost his job was that the manager was like, everyone, we're going to Texas Roadhouse tonight on me. And he was like, yeah, you're all fired. Ooh. But at a place like that where you hire teenagers, there are less classy ways to do it. That's not the worst. It's true. The first sign that Mr. Rad can be a little sinister is when he's talking about how... So... This episode acts as if that moment in Paradigms of Human Memory where they filled in for the Glee Club because they had all died is yeah. canon. And so now he's asking them to do that again. And he, he becomes a little sinister when he's like, it's not going to be easy. Uh, your best won't be good enough. And if you, if, you, if you do badly, I will yell at you right in Troy's face. <laughs> <laughs> and Troy barely gives it any attention. I really like it. They're yeah. not into it this time, though. The, the study group isn't the type of group to... Uh, do things twice other than paintball and documentaries yeah (laughs) they've done it once they had fun with it but they weren't like passionate about Mm -hmm. it now they think it's kind of annoying while they're all walking in the hallway together they they make little references to how they did this before but like kind of it's a little fuzzy it's kind of like they were on Mm -hmm. ecstasy i like britta's joke especially that it wasn't like this is like being on ecstasy she's like this is this is like being on ecstasy except for this and this and then oh wait oh wait that is what it's like yeah (laughs) thought that was a well-written joke mm-hmm. hansen and manson is a good that was good joke. and jeff kind of sets up that this guy is gonna 
gonna drill into our psyches and try to convert us. So everyone be careful, everyone be on alert. And Chevy looks so pissed. Did you see? Yeah. His like, eyes were down and not making eye contact with anyone. I think he's upset because they keep making him ask what regionals are. <laughs> what the hell are regionals? He does say it again as they walk away. Doesn't yeah. later. Yeah, that was right there. I like that Abed is the first one to be taken over by Glee, but he mm-hmm. kind of uh, looks for it to happen. He doesn't yeah. like really get corralled like the other ones will. He goes and finds Mr. Rad playing his piano, and Mr. Rad is forlornly given a tinkle to the ivories, mm-hmm. but of course it kicks into our first song, which will get Abed in on it and gets him passionate about Glee because Abed's just looking for something to do this year and thinks this could be a way to get everyone together, so he gets into it. What do you think about this opening number? I like it. I think Abed does a really nice job singing in this one. Considering Danny Pudi is not really, you know, a singer per se, I think he does a nice job with the song. I vaguely remember watching this episode for the first time and this song starting and me being like 16 and being like, oh yeah, I'm going to eat this shit up because they're it's <laughs> catchy and like they perform it yeah. full out. Like for a community episode, the choreography could be a lot worse. Oh, sure. And at the same time, there are all these really cutting jokes. I love the move <laughs> when, when uh, Mr. Rad puts his hands on the piano and he's like back against it and he like kicks his leg up it's really funny uh it's really well performed and there's some really funny jokes in the lyrics like uh on glee often sometimes they make sure that like people are performing the music that we're oh, hearing but not like always. the instruments but a lot of times no it's just people singing to each other and there's no explanation for where the music comes from. well and they it's worse when they like start on the piano and they always like do like this and they stand up and yeah. they like then they run to the whoever and that's they're exactly what with. they do here and yeah. Abed calls it out <laughs> how's your piano still playing this song and then they both dance abed gets into it it's really really cute it's really wholesome I love it. Taryn Killam is just such a <laughs> knockout in this episode. What's your critique of the dancing in this episode? Were there any people that you noticed seemed to move better than others or that you might notice as we look through it this time? Um, I'll pay more attention to it this time. So far, this is pretty good considering... Considering like what they're working with. Yeah. They said the people who choreographed this to this point in community were always the choreographers. They did the tea kettle dance in... Oh, wow. Uh, what was it called? Beginner dance? Adva- Inter... Uh intro to dance something like that yeah that was pretty good so abed's in and it's exactly what uh mr rad was hoping for and i love his thank you abed then his face like almost turns like the grinch yeah it does look like the grinch he's like thank you abed really funny what were you gonna say about the dancing Uh, i thought it was good they matched each other really well which is tough to do without i'm sure they didn't have you know they didn't spend days and days on no, the choreography. they probably learned it when they did it they said yeah. on the commentary or on the dvd there's a little like six minute featurette about this episode oh wow and i think they mentioned that the choreographers were off camera to the side also doing it so they oh were nice still at the point where they had to watch the person doing it yeah and I remember that from being like in show choir and stuff. It's that way for a while. You got to watch, and then eventually mm-hmm. you get it down. They don't have getting it downtime because they write the episode and film it all on a pretty yeah. quick schedule. So Abed's all in. I love the way that he walks in, super happy and humming the song. But Troy immediately knows that something's wrong. Uh, it makes total sense that Troy is the first person that Abed's gonna get in on this. And of course, he hesitates for a second. But it's Troy and Abed, so it yeah. doesn't take much to. To, to, for Troy to be able to see the imagination. Uh, of course, it comes up that Troy is Jehovah's Witness, so he can't really celebrate Christmas. But of course, I feel like as 
Troy is such a little boy at heart. He's probably always been so curious about Christmas. Oh, and, yeah. And so jealous of those that get to celebrate it. And Abed wants him to sing about Christmas and rap about Christmas. So he's going to sing and rap about Christmas. I love the way that this one, how it starts, the way that they're talking lines. And yeah. then when they go through the blanket fort and now they're on the stage and it's this <laughs> sort of highly produced musical sequence. Man, we've got to talk about Jehovah's Most Secret. This secret. is great. I said secret. I'm already secret little baby wavy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jehovah's Most Secret Witness is a highlight of the episode for sure. Probably mm-hmm. the best song of the episode. Yeah, for sure. What do you think about it? I think it's great. The rapping's great. I love the 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 stage that's created from the, the lyrics aren't bad there's some no. good lyrics throughout it and i'm sure the writers wrote this yeah this is great i'm sure ludwig put it together and and mm-hmm. donald glover's talent really really helps but i love the music video you got the girls the dancing in the background great, yeah. the little bits of animation the animation <laughs> of santa claus and troy with the knife behind his back is so beautiful so funny they threw a lot at this music video and it paid off really well danny pudi even doesn't rap yeah. too badly he does a good job but yeah, troy does. his facial expressions you can tell that he's built for this it just so much feels like early childish gambino music it's like so cool well ludwig was producing it and he yeah. probably helped write this at least mm-hmm. such a good bit all of the lyrics are great the deliveries are all great they nailed it this is probably the best part of the episode the most memorable part of the episode yeah what I want to say, and what they confirmed on the commentary, is that apparently the track on the song is like a half second behind the rapping. Really? Dan Harmon said like when they were watching it, he was really nervous to get to this part because he really loves it. And he had seen it on Hulu, and it was like that. And it bugged the shit out of him, and it made him so like embarrassed and made him so mad, which I can get that if you really yeah. focus on things like that. And then it came to this part, and he's like, oh, my God, I'm scared to hear it. Did it get broadcast like that? And apparently it did, and apparently it is. It doesn't sound to not— It doesn't not, sound wrong. I mean, we don't know how it was supposed to sound, so it sounds fine, but that sucks if that's yeah. true because it's such a standout moment. If it could have been, who knows, a fraction better— yeah, I'm sure it probably does sound cleaner with it at yeah. the right spot. I love they try to get Annie in by inviting her to rap with them, and she's down because she wants to like play with them. But then she realizes that they never ask her to join something like this, so something has got to be <laughs> up, and it is. Choice crazy eyes when he's in the cult mode are really really funny. <laughs> we gotta go to regionals, but Annie smartly avoids it here, but not for long. Meanwhile, those that aren't infected from the study group walk through the <laughs> hallway. And is this about to be Baby Boomer Santa? Yes. Okay, but before, they walk into the study room, and man, have they done a good job That's of great. simply recreating the you know somewhat iconic setup of the Glee Choir Room with mm-hmm. the risers. And I love so much the detail of them having a piano guy who just always shows up who looks just, looks like, just the piano like the guy. guy who always shows up on, on Glee. Glee did get kind of funny with that. They call attention to it later, and he eventually started getting some lines. Like, oh, that's about funny. How he was like losing all his money on online gambling and shit like that, <laughs> which was kind of funny. But yeah. they found a guy that looks just like him. Another thing we haven't noted on is that they filled this episode with musical flourishes that are mm-hmm. just like the transition music on Glee that's like acapella voices. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They did such a good job, and it's all throughout this episode. And as someone who watches Glee, 
you hear that and you see this set that they built up and you could not have done a more pitch perfect parody of it. Yeah, it's great. Abed and Troy show up. Uh, the Glee Club room is all set up. It's time to perform, but the rest of them aren't quite sold and, and Troy and Abed are prepared for this. I like that Troy and Abed are the only characters that get two songs because they yeah. just sell everything they get. If Baby Boomer Santa is definitely a step below the rap. It is. But it's enjoyable, nonetheless. And Troy, of course, gets one of the most iconic lines in this episode. Glee literally means glee. (laughs) Really, really funny. And Jeff has a point when he points out that not liking Glee Club doesn't make them bullies, but trying to coerce them into liking Glee Club and becoming a part of it is kind of bullying. Yeah. And Troy is like, I understand, but Pierce, now we're going to target you and get you into this. Yeah. And they start their song that is just catered to Pierce's vainness and how he loves to hear all these things that kind of work <laughs> as compliments for him so troy and abed do this song that blasts through the decades that pierce has lived through the music of it and how baby boomers all throughout it were the ones who kept us chugging along uh, th- uh my favorite part of baby boomer santa might just be other than troy's reactions pierce's mm-hmm. reactions watching them not yeah. so much when pierce joins but the way pierce is like shaking He's like, oh, sure did. What do you think of this one? I think it's funny just because it's so ridiculous and it's all stuff that's like very inaccurate. But because Pierce is hearing like words that have to do with it, he's like, oh, yeah, this is me. I, I was that. there. I remember I that. Know. So mm-hmm. I did it. I really like uh, the like extra people that they have. Yeah. That hold disco balls and give them keytars and things like that. Baby Boomer Santa made fake butter AIDS and Twin Peaks. <laughs> Have you ever watched Twin Peaks? I've seen a little bit. My mom liked it a lot. I'd like to watch it at some point, but it's one of those things that kind of feels like a homework assignment. Yeah, I only heard of it originally because of Psych, because Psych had a couple sure. Twin Peaks episodes, yeah. Let's talk about Pierce. Chevy. You're welcome! This is the only singing he really does in the episode, and it's here at the end of Baby Boomer Santa. You pointed out that his lip syncing is not top notch, is it? It's way off. It's it's you not even so? it's not even close. Like it's it's not it's really not great. <laughs> the timing's I like not his fantastic. Ending pose at least. Yeah. And Troy and Abba just rocking out. The rest of the study group backing off because they've lost him. Pierce is in. <laughs> that was his moment. I think it's very, very funny when he starts singing. There's a nice moment. Uh, Abed goes to tell Mr. Rad the news that they've got Pierce. And, and uh, Mr. Rad has like a diagram of the set and is talking about everyone's role. And they kind of clown on Pierce for a second. Or not, they kind of clown on Britta for a second about how Abed thinks she should have a bigger role. But, but Mr. Rad's like, she's a tree. <laughs> Annie comes in to ambush Mr. Rad and question him for for getting on on her friends, but she's cornered by Mr. Rad and uh, Troy and Abed, and now she's a part of the cult too. It is a very horror movie esque. There's a lot of horror yeah. movie feels to this, and of course Annie is the one that can get Jeff turned into the cult of Glee Club. So she does her sexy little number by coercing <laughs> Jeff into a separate room to discuss their plan against Mr. Rad. What can we say about uh, this number that's appropriate? Uh, do you think it's funny? Do you think it's exploitative? Do you think that's the point? What do you think about it? Yes to all things. It is funny, but it's also exploitative. But that's it's also awful. the point. It's <laughs> awful because, yeah, it's both 
the joke is that it's gross that people find things like this sexy. Yeah. And then it still totally is. And that's what's upsetting. There's nothing laughing. you can do about it. Yeah. Now, they get, what they do that's smart is, like, as she sings, she progressively gets dumber until she's yeah. like, Buen hoodie understand Christmas. <laughs> and when that happens, you're for the first part of it, you're like, wow, this is sexy. And there is a point when you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Why do I think this is sexy? Why do girls do, like dumb acts or are projected that we want them to mm-hmm. do like dumb like little baby acts this is disgusting yeah and then it's but it's also like allison Bree is beautiful it's true yeah and i think it's funny at the end won't you be my daddy i'm a silly christmas baby oh my god uh, and can i, I set that as my text tone <laughs> that'd be great thank you she like falls on the floor <laughs> um but I like when when Jeff's like, you know, you really hit a diminishing return on the. <laughs> What's the minimini? Is Annie just doing this to get the reaction out of Jeff, or is she actually taken over by something in this episode? This like haunted glee spirit. I think uh, that's she's causing her to act. This just dumb. trying to get Jeff to join. Okay. Because that's the only time where she behaves in that sort of like way. I think the bit right after, they're really at the point where this episode's on fire, where it's yeah. like really funny song after really funny song. They waste no time. And this has always been one of my favorite funny moments of the episode. Me too. And I think it's probably one of Shirley's best moments in the entire series. The way that Pierce is now here and he's going to <laughs> uh, coerce Shirley into joining, but uh, he won't sing, which feels like a cop-out because uh, Chevy didn't want to do a ton maybe mm-hmm. they've written a song for a children's choir <laughs> that's just to appeal to Shirley and it's these kids asking sad forlorn songs about like they don't know anything about Jesus because public schools won't tell them so they need someone to tell them why Christmas is more than just a special day and Shirley can't help but rush to the children and belt about Jesus it's such a funny moment all of Shirley's ad-libs while they're singing, like, oh, they're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you. Super funny. It's really funny. It's one and of my favorite moments. You sure. know, it's almost bittersweet because I wish that we got more Yvette singing on the show just in general. And hearing her voice is so good. But it's just such a short moment. But it well, pays let off me so tell well you, how funny it is. There's, there was more to this scene that got cut. Really? And there was a moment in the commentary that started as a joke but I think Yvette was actually kind of upset and it mm-hmm. came across that way that there was like this kind of tense moment where uh, Yvette was like, yeah, they cut a big part of this out, kind of really hurt my feelings. And uh, Dan was like, yeah, yeah, I know. But it's like 22 minutes, got a lot of story to tell. It wasn't the funniest part of the episode. So, so it left and, and she was like, well, still really hurt my feelings. I really like to sing and... Uh, uh, I was really wow. excited about it. And then Dan was like, well, you know, you're kind of right because you are the best singer on the show and it's funny that you're the one that gets the least. And she's like, yeah, it is funny. Uh, then she said something like, you know, I really don't get that much to do in the first place. So when we're, when we're doing like a musical episode, I thought, well, I sing, I'll get a lot to do. And then they kind of stopped. It was a little awkward. Ooh, yeah, it sounds like it. Jesus but mo- Christ! But that piece of information removed. The moment that we get is cool, and I think the way that it cuts away from it so fast helps kind of the horror movie aspect. Mm-hmm. Is that like they've got her? It's like she's drowning or something, and then, or she's a zombie now, and there's no stopping it. You know? Yeah. 
And Britt is the last one to fall. We don't see Jeff fall. And I think it's one I, I brought up earlier. They did a lot in this episode to hide that Joel McHale can't sing. Yeah. So he doesn't have a song. We don't get much out of him being coerced outside of that Annie song. We don't really see it or him start singing. Yeah. He just shows up on Britta and ambushes her and, and she can't help but be sucked in. This is the cheapest of all. Uh... Of them, you know? Br- Britta deserved a stronger moment than this. Yeah, she did. I mean, she gets it later. Mm-hmm. So now they're all coerced, and it's already time for the pageant. I think this segment of the episode now is truly where this episode shines in a lot of ways, and it was already shining. It was, hard al- yeah. I think this but is a great episode. I have, I okay, enjoy it more and more, don't you? Yeah, it's still my number two, but it's yeah. it's a really close number two. I think it might be my number one. I wow. Think I, I think, as, ugh, but I'd have to watch the first one again. You never know with recency bias. As much as I love the first one, as much as I love Anthony Michael Hall and the fight and everything, I think this is a funnier episode. Yes. But, but the first season one gives you that warm feeling that you sure. want out of a sitcom Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very close for me. And I, season two, I totally get why that would be anyone's favorite Christmas episode. It just never was mine for some reason. Sure. I still really like it. I think when we went over that episode, I didn't really say anything negative about it. It just no. ranks a little lower than the others because they're all so good. Yeah, I agree. The set design for the special is great. All their costumes are great. Mr. Rad is great. The only crime with Mr. Rad is that he wasn't around more. He's such an inspired character for this universe, I think. Uh <laughs> Jeff has a really funny line talking about, wow, I hope this gets us to regionals, and Pierce thought this was regionals. (laughs) Don't let my confusion undercut their importance. Now that he's in on the cult, he doesn't care what they are. No. He'll do what they tell him. So they all get on stage, and what Mr. Rad says to Abed right before they go on stage, uh, Abed realizes that what Jeff said earlier was exactly true, that bringing out the the light is just going to bring out the dark even further. And that comes clear through Mr. Rad into Abed. So he kind of decides to sabotage the show. Uh, He's gotten his thing that he wanted to do something with all of his friends. So none of the performance or the regionals of it really matters. He just wanted to be with his friends doing something Christmassy. And he doesn't want this to be his life. The way Taryn delivers all of that with the oh no this is who we are now this is what (laughs) we do is beautiful the next song the performance starts nobody knows about the plan for abed to not be here and for britta to come out and have the big star moment the first part of this song i love though planet christmas (laughs) bops i would have the choreography two things i'd like to point out about it though they all said on the commentary to a vet what are you doing? I even want to go back so you can see it. Yeah. They were like, what are you doing? And she was like, I was doing what the choreographer told me to. And they were like, there's no way. And she was like, I promise you that's what they said. So <laughs> look how everybody's doing the same thing except yeah. for Yvette. Well, technically, Yvette should be the lead at this point because she is playing the Christmas queen. So maybe that's why she had different choreography. But look, but she's in the back. <laughs> <laughs> She just turns around in a circle, presenting herself from the back. Now we got to watch it one more time and watch Pierce. Pierce just stumbles around 
lifts his leg up, turns around in circles as well. <laughs> Why did he squat down? Troy and Jeff and Annie are in the front for good reason. They cover up a lot of it. And Jeff isn't that good at it either. But if you if you watch that scene a couple of times to see what the people in the background are That's doing, really it's funny. really funny. And then the really funny moment backstage as Abed gives her part to Britta. And Britta's like... Oh, wow, but I don't know the song or the words. And he's like, they're in your heart. And he's like, da-doy, I knew it. And takes her hat off. Or I knew it, changing her part. Really, really funny. Gillian Jacobs, even though I don't love how stupid they make Britta, mm-hmm. Gillian Jacobs does stupid Britta so well so that I well. laugh at it because it's funny. It's just if I think very hard about the character ramifications of it and how I wish instead of this or in addition to this that they would have done thoughtful Britta storylines yeah it would have been so much better but instead they kind of she's just that joke and that's a little unfortunate mm-hmm. but it's still so funny yeah and it's so funny when she gets her big moment here in her tree outfit with the crown <laughs> singing her heart out making up her song i love the miso christmas miso mary and now she's like stomping <laughs> around of course the dean saying Britta's in this is one of the funniest dean yeah. moments of it and that makes makes mr rad snap because he needed this all to go perfectly. So he jumps up on stage and interrupts her and explains pretty much to everyone, can't help but give away that he was the one that killed the last Glee Club. Mm-hmm. There was a train wreck, or not a train wreck, a bus <laughs> crash on purpose. Maybe there was a train involved. Uh, uh, the Dean even steps up for Britta after like being like, oh, Britta's in this? Says that Greendale's inclusive and that Britta should sing her awkward song and the audience <laughs> is on her side. But Mr. Rad snapped. He gives away the crime he did to everyone. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that they did a good job of not super projecting that this was going to happen throughout the episode? But yeah, like, they did. Sense? I don't think that it was clear that he... I think it was clear he had some issues, but not that he would go to those lengths. And about it helps the Glee that Club. I'm pretty sure in Paradigms that when they talk about this, they're like, oh, yeah, the last Glee Club died in a bus crash, yeah. so we had to fill in. So it's just already like knowledge that's in the that can that's separate mm-hmm. from mr rad it's funny they did a good job he cut yeah. the break lines off look kings of leon <laughs> which i'm pretty sure that's a specific joke i think kings of leon were one of the bands that wouldn't let glee use their music oh i'm glad because could you imagine the glee version of whoa your sex is on fire it would have been oh will schuster singing it to, to the... the children <laughs> it would have <laughs> But, like, the guidance counselor would have been standing in the hallway looking through the window, but it would have looked like he was saying it. Stabbing a voodoo doll of Mr. Schuster's wife. Exactly. Oh, shit. He sure was all the way married when that show started. Then had a thing. Yeah, Lily and I started watching it, and we'll probably go back to it at some point. But we watched, like, the first 10 or 12 episodes, and they're pretty good. But it's so different now because it's so hard to root for that love story because he's married. Yeah. Yeah, his wife is awful, but it makes both of their actions icky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I could just imagine Mr. Schuster going to the front of the class and being like, all right, guys, we're going to try something different this week. No more journey. And all the kids are like, haha, we're excited. And he's like, but I'm going to kick it off and start off with this Kings of Leon classic. <laughs> he's wearing like a leather suit that shows off his dick shaft. Yep. And he's like, sex is on fire. And like the girls come up and he's like, yeah, yeah. that's Glee. That's classic Glee. Glee. That could have that could have been a real scene, just as much as the Saw Sue Sylvester scene. And I've just made it up. And if I hadn't been honest from the beginning, just said that it had happened, would you have believed me? Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Rad is, uh, I mean, I assume taken off to jail, which is kind of a shame because I would have liked, it would have been fun to see this character return in some yeah. capacity, maybe as a deranged psycho or something. But I like the Dean very revealing when he says, oh, no, I can't believe I let him captain a magic carpet in my dream last <laughs> night. That should have been the end tag. As much as I love mm-hmm. Dean, 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 I would have loved to have seen the two of them. On oh, a my magic God, that would have been hilarious. Together. So Abed, after this is all done, just kind of leaves, and it kind of happens fast, and there's a glance from the others that Abed seems sad, but it kind of just seems like, okay, well, I guess this is done. I'm going to go be by myself now. And I love that now they're able to give a little nice emotional wrap-up to the end of this episode, but it's not hammy at all. It's just like the people finally realized that this had nothing to do with anything but Abed wanting to hang out with them. So they show up Christmas caroling to Abed and watch him... And they watch the Inspector Space Time Christmas special with him while he eats his buttered noodles. And it's a really sweet moment in this episode that's so silly that makes sense for the light character work they did with Abed throughout the episode mm-hmm. and doesn't at all feel hammy. It feels earned. And it's a cute little way to end the episode after just ending it with like murder and break lines. I, I think it's yeah. a nice moment. What do I you think, think so. And it's the second straight Christmas episode that ends with them sitting right there. In front right of there. a television. Yeah. Yeah. And I think family gathering around to watch something at holidays and, like, that's the time when you feel the most connected. I don't know if it's on purpose, but there's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. They all gather around. It's a really sweet moment. Uh, Dan Harmon made a joke on the commentary that Jeff in this scene looks as if Joel was annoyed to be doing this and knew that this was going to be hammy and cheesy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't didn't know notice if it, but I believe it. And they all talk about how it's been a, a dark year to cap this off and how it's nice for them to get together and, and feel warm and cuddly. Jeff brings up that he basically killed a guy, referencing to Pierce's father. Yeah. And Pierce is just kind of like, nah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then he kind of attacked you guys with a fire axe. That's true. That was just 10 episodes ago. Yeah. That was pretty wild. The, the, the hills and valleys of this season so far have it's been... It's been wonderful. off the chain. I think the second half of the first half of the season has been better than the first definitely half, other than give or take a remedial chaos theory mm-hmm. the last couple episodes have been pretty solid yeah i and agree surprising me as ones that i'd kind of written off like the foosball one and have really enjoyed mm-hmm. Choi is caught off guard by how terrible the christmas special looks by the they took this right out of the holiday uh, star wars special have you seen the star wars holiday special i've seen clips of it i don't think i've seen the whole thing I've tried, and it's impossible. The first, like, 15 minutes is all Wookiee-speak. That's amazing. While Chewie, his wife, and children are, like, in their semi-realistic, like, real-world, like, home together. Nice. Like, watching TV and stuff. That's great. And there's an animated part, and uh, Carrie Fisher looks high as the whole time. Nice. And there's... Like uh, like this in the Inspector Space Time special, there's like a hologram performance from like Ario Speedwagon or something crazy. <laughs> I don't know exactly. It wasn't Ario Speedwagon. Something it was like, like a that. Real band. Yeah. At least this season, they're all together watching TV, and we don't get the creepy as you hate live that. action. I hate it. I for a second I was triggered when they were standing like that because I was like, was that <laughs> this episode? I was like, why? <laughs> But that's the end of the episode. It's a really funny episode, and honestly, when looking at it a little more closely, they fit in some pretty good character work in an episode that didn't need it. They certainly did. It could have just been a laugh 
fast, but they managed to, you know, still have that little bit of wholesomeness that makes yeah. it Christmas. And it kind of is just a laugh fest, but that's not in any way a doc. And it's bonus points that they put in a couple of nice Abed moments. And you have that sweet moment at the ending that doesn't undercut the silliness and the darkness of the rest of the episode at all. Yeah. I love seeing the layers of how this is just as much. It's almost like they put away the Christmas part of it Mm -hmm. to be a Glee parody that's also a horror movie. And I love that aspect of this so much. Yeah, me too. They really... It combines things that shouldn't necessarily work. Like, I wouldn't necessarily think, oh, Glee and Christmas. Let's make those one thing. But then also referencing the Body Snatch is really like great, too. horror movie? Yeah, yeah, they did a great job it. with it. What do you think of the end tag? It's pretty good. This is one of my favorite end tags. I really enjoyed this one. I think it's really funny, especially when Chang first comes in. It's very Potter Puppet Pals. Oh, sure. And it's it's really nice. And, of course, anytime Magnitude's there, I'm I'm here. My name I'm to is the point Alex. where my that's the way I Alex. feel with Leonard. Leonard's one of my favorite side characters anymore. Yeah. He's just so sweet and wholesome. So I'm always happy to see that that bald, round baby face. <laughs> and that goes with Jim Rash as well. Yeah. And the, the cat pawing, it off, pawing the thing it's off funny. and everyone reacting to it, them all being Christmas ornaments, was pretty funny. It's a good way to end the episode. A good smile. And that's the end of the episode, and boy, oh boy, is this the shortest episode of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast we've ever done. Oh my, yeah. I don't know whether to say I'm sorry or you're welcome. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about it. Let's wrap it up. Do you think that there's a reason why this ran's so short? Is it just because I think there's there's musical numbers, yeah? And there's not a lot to unpack because I don't think it has anything to do with the quality of the episode. No, I think I think there were good things to talk about throughout mm -hmm. it. I agree. I think that we are just that good, Zach. But yeah, I think the the songs do kind of take up some of the time in our rewatch. Now that we do it this way, you know, we kind of go along with the episode. I say now we've done that for a long time now, but yeah, um, that's crazy. Yeah, isn't it? Do you remember when we used to like write notes and write down every funny line from the whole episode and then go through and recount it? Did we? Yeah. We had like Good lots times. of notes when we first started. I think maybe you did, and now you just don't take notes anymore. Ah. Uh, well, I guess you always had the episode up in front of you. I didn't. Yeah, and I, I pretty much have always made the same notes. I, I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to let them all have the sausage gets made, but I know the like six to ten things that i need prepared for the episode and i write all of those down and then i do it whatever we're just stretching for time this is a great (laughs) episode i really loved it and i did have fun going through it i'm glad that you're kind of liking it more and more as we go through it because Mm -hmm. i do feel like this is one of those episodes that you were kind of a little bit lower on that deserves more than what you were giving it so i'm glad to see you come around yeah i i think this is a a very good episode of community Maybe think, even great. Not No, definitely great. Not even yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this is a great episode. I honestly think it's perfectly fair that you like Uncontrollable better. Mm-hmm. But I think Uncontrollable followed by this episode is a pretty perfect double feature. They're pretty oh, yeah. nailed because Abed's Uncontrollable is so breathtaking in its scope. And then this episode is so funny and has some similar themes that that's what I would recommend. Don't put one above the other. Just go watch them both. Good idea, Zach. Yeah. 
How do we need to wrap this thing up? If you're a fan of what we do here, you wanna see us take it further and you wanna get some recognition on the show or you wanna get that 23 plus hours of extra content that's being added to every week, that's at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. We're starting at $5. You can get everything extra that we do over there. And the farther up you go, the more recognition you'll get from us in return. So come support us if you like what we do here. Steven, where can the people find us for free? You can find us on the TwitTac. That's what the cool kids call Twitter over at You Can't wait, Disappod. Wait, is it TwitTac? TwitTac. The cool kids call it's the same still it's almost harder to say than twitter yes it's not like it's an abbreviation correct who told what cool kids have you been hearing this from uh tom is it just something you (laughs) is it just something (laughs) that you're trying to get started no no i didn't start twit tech (laughs) i'm an early adopter but not tom twit started twit twack exactly twit tech twit twack twit twit tech i like twack better twat I'll call uh, up. I'll call up Tommy Twit. Yeah. Uh, speaking, of my friend old Insto G over at Instagram, uh, <laughs> so that you can find us at Kids oh, so, Pod. Wait. No, at, wait. So at your you friend, <laughs> what's his name again? Tom Inst- Twit. In, your friend? No, no, no. Your friend oh, Insto G. G over at Instagram. So he yeah. lives at Instagram. <laughs> he does. Or on Instagram, he told you that you can find us on Instagram where you don't know. It's it can't disappoint podcast. <laughs> this is why Insto had to tell you. I, I know Tom Twit. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, we're over on Instagram at That's Kids a very lazy podcast. name. And what? then we're on Facebook and YouTube um, under the name You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. You've lost friends over there, so we don't talk about them. Exactly. Thank you for listening to us. We have fun uh, doing this. Uh, Zach, yes. we haven't done our MVPs yet, you clown. Oh, shit. I was ready to say goodbye. I know you were. Okay, well, then let's do it. I was just like, oh, we're getting out of here early. What a treat. Yeah. Who, uh, who, let's who do you got? It. My MVP is none other, and I, it feels like a little bit of a cheat giving it to a non-main character, but it's Mr. Radisson. The character okay. is so fully formed. Taron Killam plays him so beautifully. He's so funny, so sinister, and so cute. I could have done with more seeds with him, with more of like him versus Jeff, with more of him and the Dean. I wish he's he would go pretty high up on my list of like community one episode characters that I wish they would have brought back. I think he's a great character. I love yeah, him. I think he's he's really good. I think if we ever finish that Runners Up is the Hobbit. Yeah. What did you I, say? Sorry. If we ever do finish a community tier list of people a more It'd complete be fun one. To put him on there. Yeah. Yeah. He's high up. Um, I am going to give honorable mentions to Abed. Abed was great this episode. I think this is a great Abed episode. Sure. Um, I think that Britta's funny in the episode. Obviously, Mr. Rad's great. I had to go with Troy because I think that the Jehovah's Witness rap wow. and the and other songs. He's such a small part of the episode. He is, that. but everything but that, that, that is he a has. Standout. Yeah. We just kind of hammered it for me. I think he was really good throughout the whole episode. His reactions were great for everything. So I, I mentioned I'm going it, with but, Troy. But strong honorable mention to Abed just because he is kind of the thing. He's kind of the character that makes this episode work. Yeah. So strong props to Danny Pudi and really the whole cast for pulling off this kind of episode on top of their already busy schedule of doing all different You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. And now can we end it? Now are we done? Yeah, shut it down. This has been a lot of fun, guys. We love you. Thanks for listening. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, get vaccinated, 
Is there anything else we should say? How else can we prove our wokeness? Um. Hey, Tiny Dancer. I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm Steven. And we'll yeah, see you yeah. next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. Whether you're a baby boomer Santa or a silly Christmas baby, we're glad to have you in our midst, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Whoa! Our text is on fire! gave me a really easy in to put a song at the end of this episode. I wish I could find a Matthew Morrison version.